Hello, and welcome to a short bonus episode of the WAM podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Today, we're going to spend a bit of time talking about ways you can challenge your own assumptions to identify when your own unconscious gender biases are influencing your actions and decisions. For our listeners who haven't heard the beginning of this episode, you can find that by subscribing to WAM Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Joining us today is Diana Stigal, President of the American Society of Safety Professionals and Executive Vice President of Rivendale Safety Consulting. Diana, we've talked about some of the barriers that can keep women and gender non-conforming people from success in the workplace. In this segment, let's discuss specific action items for women in positions of power who want to help remove these barriers and be more inclusive and keep workers safe on the job. Can you share with us from your experience where you've seen this in action? Sure. So I think anytime we talk about gender biases, we have to be mindful, not just of what other biases are that, that others have, but what are those biases that, that we have? We, we talk about them being unconscious, but that doesn't mean they have to be unknown. We can recognize that, hey, you know what, I've been in situations where maybe I had a, a female boss or a, a gender different boss, and it was not a positive experience. We have to recognize because there are still so few women in leadership that just because that one person was not a great leader doesn't mean that all women aren't good leaders. So I think that's very important for us to recognize as we start having these conversations that it's natural, we're going to have that, but when we recognize that we do have that bias, that we do make those assumptions, we're in a better position to say, is this what I know? Is this what I have seen from this particular individual? Or am I stereotyping? So I think I want to get that out there first because that is fundamental to being able to make changes in the workplace and to help removing those barriers. So from uh, protecting every worker on the team and, and reducing those barriers, one is really looking at personal protective equipment. Personal protective equipment is very low on the hierarchy of controls. And the hierarchy of controls is something we look at as we're looking at risk and we're looking at hazards in the workplace to say, what should we implement first? Personal protective equipment is down at the bottom, but it's ubiquitous because it's it's easy it doesn't mean we have to remove the hazard. All we're doing is putting a barrier, <laughs> no pun intended, between the employee and the hazard. So think about gloves, safety glasses, fall protection equipment. What has happened in that world, though, is the personal protective equipment that is out there tends to be developed to meet the average male. And there are no average male because when we talk about that, the, the stats that they're using for that are... Several years old, they looked at the military because they had those individuals that they could take all the measurements from. But when you think about 150 pounds and five foot eight, that's not really a normal distribution in the workplace, maybe in the military, but not in the workplace. So I'll, I'll go into manufacturing accounts and I'll see women who have gloves that are just flopping off of their hands because they're not the right size. But the manufacturers have gotten really good at coming up with different sizes. But too many times the people who are buying the personal protective equipment 
just go with, oh, we're going to do some medium and we're going to do some large and what's going to fit me without really doing the assessment to say, you know what, for our population, we, we do need some extra small. Maybe we need some extra, extra small. And if this manufacturer doesn't have it, we need to be sourcing to a provider who does. The other thing with personal protective equipment is there's been a, a tendency to make it smaller and make it pink or leopard print. And our bodies are not all the same. Women's bodies, I don't know if you've noticed, but women's bodies do not look like men's bodies. And so when it comes time to things like fall protection, when it comes time to things like vest, when it comes even to, to Tyvek suits in the food industry, we want to be sure that the, the equipment fits the people so that it can provide the protection that we need and it isn't creating an additional hazard. For example, I was visiting a poultry facility at one point and all they had were in Tyvek suits were large. So the intent was to create contaminants from going from one area to another, but to not create a trip and fall hazard, I had to roll up the bottoms of the Tyvek suits. Like, okay, you're, you're not helping what you're trying to help. So just providing those additional sizes, really looking at are things designed to fit a woman as well as the, the overall workplace population. Another area where I've seen this is with workstation design. Early in my career, I was in North Carolina, a lot of textiles, a lot of uh, furniture manufacturing at that point in time. And I would go into facilities and here's this huge machine and all of the controls, everything that needed to be accessed was at about five foot eight. And so for women to work in that area, they would have to stand on something. And at that point, stands weren't provided. So they would be standing on the edge of the equipment to be able to do their job. One that puts them at additional risk because then they could potentially fall into the machine, not to mention the ergonomic exposures from reaching overhead. So eventually they came around and they, they got better at, you know, let's provide some stands. Maybe we can adjust the heights of the machines. And if we are having issues from an ergonomic perspective, maybe we do some job rotation as well. I've seen situations in offices where someone thought this was a really great chair. It fit them perfectly. And that was the chair they bought for everybody. And you might have some larger people, and I've seen larger people sitting in chairs where the, the arms don't adjust in and out, and they're squeezed in. It, you know, they look like they're in an economy at the far back of an airplane. And you, you wonder how, how can they get anything done because they're, they've got to be so uncomfortable throughout the day. Well, and I, I was, as you were starting to talk about size impacts, you know, everyone's got different shapes. I actually have that same mental image of somebody crammed into the back of an airplane, or I've been in Tyvek suits that <laughs> didn't serve their purpose because they were too big. And not everyone appreciates the affectionately referred to as the shrink to pink. Though I, on the other hand, would have a complete wardrobe full of pink PPE. That's me because well, you know, I love pink, <laughs> but that is not everybody's color of choice. Um, so being able to reflect what makes individuals feel comfortable and productive, I think it has impacts on engagement. I think in the long run, it has in-caps on the health and safety of workers. If you're not going to be comfortable, are you going to actually use it? So this has been incredibly insightful and helpful, Diana. I appreciate you taking time for today's bonus section on the PPE uh, ASSP is in the process of looking at a technical report specifically on this issue. You know, there are standards, but I think 
consistent guidance, and especially since you know 80% of our nation's employers are small and medium and may or may not have huge purchasing opportunities and systems in which they can make good economic decisions. So having good information out there that allows you, whether you are an employer of five or an employer of 5,000, to keep workers safe and make sure that your investments are working for you and with you and for your workers is incredibly important. So thank you again, Diana, for taking time to join us today on the WAM podcast. As a reminder, subscribe to the ASSP Safety and WAM podcasts wherever you listen. Diana, thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Jennifer. It was my pleasure.